0: May the fourth be with you. who is that masked man?
2: Avengers assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the fantastic forum. Happy New Year. I hope it's been a wonderful one for you so far. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell, and for the next hour, we're going to excite entertain elucidate and ed- you know i don't even know why i'm reading this stuff we're gonna entertain you know yeah absolutely and it- it's tough coming up with all these then it's kind of alliterative uh, they were all starting with e so well, hey look but this is fantastic forum and we are delighted that you have tuned in for the start of a wonderful well hopefully a wonderful new year of course filled with challenges and excitement and thrills but hey we're here and we're glad you're here too so, uh, look, first some genre-related news before we get to today's discussion. Aquaman continues its assault on the international box office. As of Friday, December 4th, the film has earned an estimated $238 million domestically and over $887 million worldwide. It currently ranks number 8 on the list of DC Comics movies and number five on the list of DC Extended Universe movies. And it seems that the plateau of $1 billion is on the horizon for the James Wan-directed film, which stars Jason Momoa, Amber Heard, and Willem Dafoe. You can listen to the official FF Review on our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash fantastic forum. And while you're there, if you haven't already, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We love to be liked, and we like to be followed. Wednesday, January 2nd, was National Science Fiction Day. Celebrated annually by millions, the date corresponds with the birthday of noted science fiction author Isaac Asimov. Hopefully, you observe the day by starting some classic sci-fi novel, or by watching a science fiction-themed movie or television show. Also in the news this week, The CW has ordered a pilot for Batwoman, starring actress Ruby Rose. The character made her television debut during last month's Elseworlds crossover event between the current show's Arrow, The Flash, and Supergirl. Carolyn Dries of The Vampire Diaries, who also wrote the crossover episodes, is writing the teleplay. And David Nutter will direct. Dries and Nutter Did I say Dries? Dries, Dries, I don't know how to pronounce this woman's name. Carolyn, you're a wonderful author. Hey, but look, she and Nutter are also going to executive produce along with Sarah Schechter, Jeff Johns, and Greg Berlanti. And everybody knows who... Jeff Johns and Greg Berlanti are. And surely the biggest event of this week was the landing of China's e 4 space probe on the moon. I had to look that up to make sure I was going to pronounce that correctly. The probe also deployed a lunar rover vehicle. This was the first time any country has landed a vehicle on the dark side of the moon. The probe has already sent back pictures of the lunar surface. The landing marks a tremendous victory for Chinese scientists. Who've been planning the mission for some time. China launched relay satellites months ago that allow the lander and rover to remain in contact with Earth in the absence of direct line of sight. You know about direct line of sight, right? You saw Independence Day. <laughs> the mission promises to be dramatic to dramatically expand humankind's knowledge and understanding of our natural satellite. China's space agency said in a translated statement, scientists believe that the back of the moon is more ancient than the front. The material composition and geological age of the von Karman crater is representative and valuable for studying the early history of the moon and the solar system. The back of the moon is also a rare quiet place that shields the radio signal interference from the earth. I guess that's why the transformers chose that to hide out on. Uh, you saw that movie too, right? All right, hey, look. So, more on that story as it continues to develop. But today, we're talking about the new year and all that it heralds for comics, science fiction, fantasy horror, and actual science. And joining me are panelists Emily Witten, Drew Bittner, and Roberto Ortiz. How are all of you doing?
0: Good. Hey, Pretty good.
2: For the Thanks. New year. There you go. Yeah. yeah, I really appreciate you all coming in, and especially you, Emily, because I know
3: you're feeling uh, under the weather. Uh, I'm gonna try and keep the coughing to a minimum. So I guess.
2: Well, let me know. I'll kill your mic. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> hey. So of course, uh, this show we are gonna talk about 2019. What? Last week we talked about 2018 and all the wonderful and fabulous things that happened there, but 2019, hey, we're here now, and so it's really fun to talk about all those things that are coming up. Now, uh, I think that uh, I will start uh, only because uh, I I was, you know, I've sort of been thinking about this, actually, you know what, (laughs) before before I get into it, (laughs) I, I have to issue a correction from last week. I I had suggested that the streaming service that you have to sub to which you have to subscribe was Amazon, and uh, you know not that I was not that that was bad, but that wasn't really what I meant. And I thought later, why did I say that? I should have said that DC Comic streaming service huh. because you've got Titans, you've got this new Doom Patrol thing coming out. You can actually read comics on this thing. They've got all the cartoons. All I could come up with on Amazon was that Jack Ryan show. And, uh, you know, I think because I did a couple of bits on there, that's why I mentioned it. But uh, 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 people, DC Comics is the streaming service it's that, it's that you DC can't It's the right? DC, DC Universe, right? DC Universe. DC's Thank universe. Yeah. you for yes. the correction. Uh, but the yep. thing there happens
1: it. to be in Amazon. And it's actually a really good show
2: the tick is on amazon yes oh, oh yeah oh, okay. yes, it's, it's a right. fantastic show well, exactly.
0: so, so amazon does have some things yeah so. yeah,
2: yeah but it ain't got, but that the recommendation i wanted to make for <laughs> can't miss streaming anyway so like i said Fair that enough. that correction so a lot of stuff coming up this year uh, to look forward to and um, one of the things uh, it's award season and surprisingly even though it came out almost a year ago and you know it's always tough when you have something that debuts so close to award season or during award season because it wasn't uh, it wasn't a well it wasn't eligible for consideration i don't think then but uh black panther in particular and uh, i am really hoping that uh, ruth e carter gets nominated of course uh, ms carter uh, was nominated twice before for her work on amistad and on malcolm x lost the academy award both times i'm hoping the third time is the charm uh but And in fact, Roberto, there were some things that I saw uh, that you had posted on social media complaining about Aquaman and how that seemed to have been passed. Yeah, yeah, but it came out so recently. And that's the problem. That that was the thing with Black Panther. When you have something that comes out like right before, there's all this other stuff that they consider.
1: James Wan basically went on social media specifically mentioning that he is angry. I saw that. that. And he has a Hmm. great point because... Trust me, I know about visual effects, and I.
2: I know you do. And I was watching the
1: movie, saying, "How did they do this?" And you me, were watching the movie, asking that question. No, because the thing is... they was, really got you to, because like, no, you know how they do
2: all that stuff. Yeah, there.
1: and the thing is that then I started researching what they did and the amount of work they did for this movie, and it's so seamless. And the mere fact that there seems to be this—let's face it—the this stigma. Towards DC Universe movies, uh, really affected its uh, award yes, chances.
2: Yes, yes, there it's,
1: is, and the thing that makes me angry is that people say, "Oh no, there's no stigma." Yes, there is. Oh, and there uh,
2: absolutely is a stigma. There abs, and anybody who says there isn't, in fact, it, it, you know, it, it's not. I I wouldn't describe it as a stigma. I would go as far as to say it's an inherent bias. Yep. And well. But I tell you what... But where
3: did it come from, this bias? Well, it
2: came from the fact that DC was putting out a bunch of movies that weren't that good. Yeah. yeah, uh, Now they're doing
3: better, but that's where it came from, let's be honest. So (laughs) do you mean
2: to imply that that makes it justified?
3: I'm not saying whether it's justified. I'm just saying there's a reason for it. It wasn't just, you know... Yeah, I think the
0: expectations are are where they are for a reason. So, you know,
1: we've got... But once you get out of the hole, you shouldn't be having to prove everybody I I like, deserve to be back in the hole. It's like Agreed. Wonder Woman was a great movie. Uh, Aquaman has turned out to be a great movie. The the Teen Titans TV show has turned out to be really good, especially the ending of the season. The new cartoon shows are coming, including The uh, the, the Outsiders. Uh, Something to look forward yeah, to yeah. for 2019. You know?
2: t-
3: and I yeah. totally don't disagree with that, but on the other hand, if they were the only people putting out this stuff, it would be a little lower bar, but I saw Aquaman and Spider-Verse, Into the Spider-Verse, in the same, like, week and a half period, and I know which one was the almost flawless movie versus the fun action thing. But the
1: irony is that the (laughs) Spider-Man movie was not made by uh, Disney. I'm not, I'm
3: not saying who it was made by. I'm saying you've got the two titans of comics. Yes. And, and Marvel has a better track record, and there's a way to compare, whereas if DC was the only of those two putting out these movies, there wouldn't be quite as high a bar.
2: An mm-hmm. excellent point. But the the one thing that I want to add uh, before we go on to some others, too, because I, I think this is a great segue to talk, well, a great segue for a bunch <laughs> of stuff. But I think that... What has happened uh, in creating this bias against DC movies there also is an unconscious bias in favor of Marvel movies, and so yeah. consequently, yeah. you have some. Bit. Now, now, all right, I haven't seen Into the Spider Verse, by all accounts, so it is it absolutely so good. fantastic. It really yeah. good. Oh, it was so, so I'm so not going to slander it. I'm not going to slander it. But um, you know, I will slander uh, another um, Disney Marvel movie that received Thor Into the Dark
3: World, or whatever it was. Was it just called Dark World? I can't remember well, what it was that called. one. That one wasn't was all that bad. good either. You know? No, no, I'm just, I'm <laughs> but, sorry. But People didn't
2: universally say how great that one was. Fair. No, a, a a movie that really wasn't as great as a lot of people want to claim it was, was Guardians of the Galaxy. (gasps) Wow! Whoa! It really really was We we... interrupt
3: this program, because (laughs) Julie is going to be out of this show. Everybody run away! Are you talking about one, two, both of them? Yeah, Yeah,
2: exactly. (laughs) Well, but the thing is, as with most ensemble pictures, and the reason that the Avengers worked so well... Was that those characters had been very well established in several movies in advance of the team movie. And now, honestly, come on, Emily. You know, some of those get Gamora, she was so two dimensional. If she had turned sideways, she'd
3: disappear. I'm not saying <laughs> I mean, that all the characters <laughs> were amazingly well developed. I'm saying that it was a fun movie. Oh, it was it made a fun movie. a reasonably good amount of sense. Yeah. It had great. And it made visuals, a lot of money, too. And it was more original than some of the other movies but that out didn't there. didn't mean, the that action it was. A, but
2: that didn't mean that it was a good movie. I'm just,
3: well, I'm gonna, are we talking about one or two? Are we talking about which one? In, oh, two in was, one, two
2: wasn't as good as in, the first in one. In one, I
3: will say, for the Groot moment alone, that movie, it made me cry and yeah. i'm not going to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it already. oh we might as well
2: because if you okay. haven't seen it by now shame on you look when
3: he sacrifices himself for the group
2: yeah. That the, the, was
3: super. It was beautiful yeah. and sad.
2: This was after he proposed the dance off with Ronan. <laughs> yeah. well, no, yeah. no, look, look. All but right, I, yeah. mean, and the,
3: like, I mean, look, Groot, Groot is my <laughs> favorite. But, like, the <laughs> moment when he's, like, killing all the bad guys and then you look at him and he turns around and he's got that look of joy on his little animated <laughs> stick yeah. face. Yeah. I mean, they did such a good job. So, that character, while he only <laughs> says one line, was pretty well developed, surprisingly. But, so, you, I mean, you,
0: you, can't, you can't point at certain characters and say, oh, yeah, there wasn't an awful lot of character work on Gamora or Korath or Nebula or whatever. But the fact is, does the film itself need every single character to be well-grounded, well-established in order to be an effective story?
2: Well, oh, oh in order to be, I'm glad you said that, in order mm-hmm. to be an effective story. Well, okay, um, if your goal is to make money or if your goal is to entertain the audience... Uh, then no. But if your goal is to tell a well crafted story, you know, then I well, that mean where there thing. is a cohesive act one, act two, you know, act three conclusion and all that. I, I mean the story was pretty was weak there. for the free. I mean it was think, mostly uh, like, hey, think, good think, guys uh,
0: versus bad guys. Yulia, I'm gonna disagree like t- 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 with you there. I think th- I think that they told <laughs> a good story. I also think they got away from the trope the the, the tropes that Marvel had been throwing out there. Um, they did something different. They did something unique. They made you care about a talking raccoon and Fair. ambulatory tree. Oh. Um, they turned Chris Pratt into
1: an action star. An group. action,
0: well, an act, not only an action star, but a guy that has turned in some better performances now than he had been turning in previously. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's evolved as an actor and is making strides forward. And Gamora
3: so. and Nebula got more in later movies, yeah. so it's not like they, you know, just shunted them to the side altogether. And you know, I mean, I, I think Gamora being a complex character, which I think she is, even if you don't see it all right away, it, maybe the slow burn was nice in a way. You know. What? So also, my, this is 2018. We haven't touched 2019 I yet. Know, so I'm just going to
2: you know, mention this, and and fellow I appreciate geek that. nerd people. Well, I appreciate that because you, you were busy excoriating me because uh, yes, I said, it's hey, look, it's a two-star movie at best, but moving <gasps> right along, <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> I'm oh, only going right. to let that lie because yeah. I really
3: want to talk about Good Omens at some point. So, Damn, Well, okay. uh,
2: <laughs> then, then let's talk a little bit about some of the things that are coming coming up this yeah. year dark that we're looking forward prequel.
3: to. Oh, yeah, that too.
2: Okay, well, and uh, Emily, uh, you know, since I, I, I know you're very passionate about this, and, uh, well, but no, for any number of reasons, let's let you go first it, and talk about some movies and well i mean i guess oh movies gosh. and television shows Julie, i've got a list
3: for. of like 50 things that are coming this year but okay, okay I, so
2: i'll cut you off at so some I'm gonna,
3: point. I'm, i'll tell you what i'm gonna i'm gonna go through and then i'm gonna tell you what i'm most excited about how about okay. that ready okay. Right, okay so there's good omens which yeah. is coming in 2019 i think it's april if i remember correctly right now we've got the 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 rest of season what is it of the good place where yep. they're in a new locale, I won't spoil it anymore, season three of The Good Place, they're in a new locale. American Gods next season is coming, we're mm-hmm. going to see them mm-hmm. on the carousel at the House on the Rock and all this crazy stuff. Lucifer season four is coming, Shazam is coming, Captain Marvel, Avengers, Endgame, Spider-Man Far From Home, I think. Runaways just uh, landed on Hulu for the next season, yep. and I haven't seen it yet, but Buncher. I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, end of December uh, of 2018, but I'm going to count it. Watership Down as a Netflix Netflix original, and I, yeah. I've got it on my list because I'm super excited. Mm. Uh, I'm going to count this even though it's not until 2020. Animaniacs is coming to Hulu for two seasons starting Yay. in 2020, which is awesome. Um... I dislike the Big Bang Theory a lot, but Sean Astin is going to be on it in 2019, so I'm wavering. (laughs) Pokemon Detective Pikachu with Ryan Reynolds as Pokemon. Stranger Things Season 3, Men in Black International. Star Wars The Galaxy's Edge is going to be at Disneyland and Disney World. Uh, Let me see. Oh, Star Wars Episode 9 isn't that? IX, that's nine, right? In
1: Christmas, I believe.
3: However many Star Wars we've got now. Discovery is coming back. The CWDC shows are going to have Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is going to be crazy. Gotham's in its final season twice. Highlight Zone is getting rebooted, Game of Thrones in its last season, Uh, Glass is coming from Unbreakable and Split, Uh, Dark Phoenix and New Mutants, Lemony Snicket, the final season is on Netflix, and Toy Story 4. But let me tell you what I'm most excited about. <laughs> my comic is coming out in uh, 2019. Now, see? You should
2: have let me say that.
3: Oh, come on. Now that, I, now that okay, borders Yuli, on
2: self-aggrandizement. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, borders? No.
3: Dude, if it wasn't no. my comic, it would be like Good Omens and American Gods. and like, But, but yeah, I, I'm i super excited. Yuli? We
2: are all super excited about that. <laughs> yes, we are. You know? And, and you're, in fact, we're going to have to have an episode where we focus just on, like, wonderful chipmunks. Oh, but, uh, hamsters. <laughs> hamsters!
3: Hamsters! This is why I don't let you leave for me, Yuli. No, no, no. <laughs>
0: I, no, I of would have, have not would heard have about this before. <laughs> What's the elevator pitch? Oh, my
3: god! All right, so, so the book is called The Underfoot. The first one of the trilogy is called The Mighty Deep, and it is about tiny, intelligent hamsters saving the animal <laughs> kingdom in a post-apocalyptic world <laughs> where there are no more, more humans. Uh, and The Mighty Deep is about the hamsters who have aquatic abilities and they may meet some other animals who have different abilities. And if you're a fan of anything from like Watership Down, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Chronicles of Narnia, The Rats of Nim, any of that, it's not any of those, but it uh, pulls from my love of these things as well as my love of hamsters. Uh, it's a 160 <laughs> page. Graphic novel coming wow. out April 23rd, 2019. It's on Amazon and it's coming out from Lion Forge Comics. My co writer co-creator is Ben Fisher who's written on the Grumpy Cat series of comics as well as uh, done his own mini-series comics including The Great Divide on Dynamite which was most recent. Our artist Michelle Wyn, Nguyen N-G-U-Y-E-N uh, it's her first full graphic novel but she's worked on Grumpy Cat and others and different covers and things. And wow. Our letterer work. is Tom Zoller you all might know him from things like Love and Capes and Warning Label etc. <laughs> and uh, we also have an artist for our maps who's Eric Orchard who is a Uh, an award-winning children's book artist and writer so awesome big team except well small team but big excitement and uh, yeah I'm we're having a blast we're already writing book two it's getting even crazier yeah, just okay. just mm-hmm. check it out. Yeah, like wow. I
2: said we are we are going to have to have an entire show devoted just to that. We, but yeah. Something something to When actually is that coming out this we, year? So
3: it's it's April 23rd Ooh, and very we sent soon. the book mm-hmm. to the printer right before Christmas. Wow. So book 1 is done. It is mm. off to the printer. It has surprises and special things and exciting stuff and it is really look I, look, I helped create it. I helped write it, but I didn't do the art. It's beautiful. The art is beautiful, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Michelle is great. the whole thing. I'm so pleased. I mean, I hope other people like it, yeah. but well, you know comic is a
2: collaborative yes. effort, awesome. and everybody had to do their part, but it started yes. with an idea, and uh, somebody who was able to bring that whole, shepherd it, bring that whole thing through to fruition, you are absolutely to be commended for your ability to conceptualize something (laughs) that you have made a reality.
3: Well, I thank you for that. Obviously, it definitely is a collaboration without Ben and Michelle and Tom and Eric and... Yeah, oh, there's uh, no book. And (laughs) and Adrian, who was our flatter for Mm -hmm. the colors. Like, it wouldn't be a thing. I am very fortunate to have located by accident Ben and started collaborating with him. Like, we met in person, didn't remember it, and then met on Twitter. And and then started writing this book uh, almost seven years ago.
2: Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Just so you have some idea how long it how can long take. It takes. <laughs> yeah. But now we're going to
3: have at least three of them. There so, go. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Never
2: surrender. Yeah, okay. All that's right, Drew me. <laughs> <laughs> What are you looking forward to here? I mean, uh, why, you know,
3: and I I'll mean, talk about if, other people's stuff later, you know. Oh, but that's work.
2: fine. Hey, like I said, we are also going to have an entire episode <laughs> devoted to the underfoot. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that, but. Um, yeah, in the meantime, and and it's legitimate because it comes out in 2019, it's something you're looking forward to. That's right. There you go. <laughs> so, yes, Drew, I mean, it, it, the broad strokes, what are you looking forward to here uh, in 2019? My short
0: list includes things like um, Avengers Endgame, mm-hmm. Far From Home, uh, Shazam, I'm looking forward to. I think Is Far From be Home fun. the
3: Dougie one? Um, What's far I thought that was Spider-Man, Man, Spider-Man Far From home. home. Oh, from oh home. sorry. Yeah. There was there's totally one about a dog that gets there's, lost.
2: There's, yes, 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 there, yes, there, I there is. A dog way, maybe.
1: Of course, of course, the Spider-Man one. I, I, I was like, like
3: that one looks. Anyway, no, that's not one of the ones on my list. But no. fair enough, no. if you like doggy adventures. No,
2: no.
1: I mean, I'm not. I'm
0: not really into like doggy sort of off the genre. That's a trailer. I know that's why I
1: was thinking. When I the dog, dog has
0: an internal monologue but that really doesn't count as far as I'm concerned.
3: <laughs> I was confused, but I interrupted okay. Spider-Man. Drew. I am very excited
0: Drew. about That's Go good. ahead, uh, Spider-Man from honk Like I said, Shazam, looking forward to um, yeah. <laughs> I think Crisis on Infinite Earths, the yes. CW crossover at the end of the year, is going to produce some major changes in that storyline. I think it may be the end of Arrow. I think it will yes. be the consolidation of all the CW worlds, maybe including Black Lightning, into one world so that they'll all be together in one one world at that point. And maybe even um, the
3: movie worlds? I oh, doubt I, 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 I kind of doubt
0: it. I kind of doubt it. I don't. I, don't okay. I think that they'll continue the separation the way that Marvel has, really. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I'm also looking forward to the fact that Wild Cards by George R. R. Martin and Melinda Snodgrass is actually moving into being a show. Oh, okay. Um, they've got the writers' room. They're going to be on Hulu. Hopefully by the end of the year. Um, I'm very excited about that. Um, as far as comics go. Uh, honestly so the stuff that I'm hearing right now I'm not really that jazzed about like war of the realms from Marvel is not mm. really lightened me up but um, I expect that there will be other things in the course of the year that, that will be more you know in, in my in my line Um there's just a ton of things that are going on right now. It's, it's kind of an exciting time to be in genre generally. Yep. And I think that there's so much there for so many different people in, in comic books. There's comic books that appeal to any different taste. Whatever you're interested in, you can find a comic book or manga or graphical storytelling for it. Um, I think for movies and TV, it's really the same. I think it's fascinating that most of the big movies and big TV shows are genre things. Um, If not science fiction or fantasy, they're at least in the genre category in some way, like, you know, maybe mysteries or cop shows or what have you. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. Mm
1: -hmm. All right. right. Roberto? Uh, Dark Crystal. I'm definitely looking forward to basically what uh, they can do with 21st century technology, specifically with puppets. Uh, That's Mm going to be coming on Netflix. Uh, I'm looking forward, of course, to Stranger Things, uh, Season 3, a lot. Mm. Uh, and to
3: what Steve's hair is going to look like.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of looking forward to, uh, in terms of movies, I'm looking forward to, of course, uh, The Avengers, uh, Shazam, definitely. Uh, one thing I'm really, really, really looking forward, and I it's uh, Crisis on the Infinite Earths, because I have a nagging feeling that this is an idea that they have been planning for a long time, and it's no accident that a lot of the actors that they've been hiring on the shows on on the different superhero shows in uh in the CW played former versions of the characters they're showing. Dean King is in there, the, Oh, uh, I see what uh, you're the, saying. The, the, yeah. Di- yeah. Uh, the woman mm. who played uh, Supergirl Helen Slater. The, Helen Slater is yep. there. Wonder Woman is there. So <laughs> now, Linda it, Carter. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm not saying they're gonna be allowed to even touch Wonder Woman. That's probably no in the cards ever. But and could actually play an older version of Supergirl from another universe. Dean Kane could play another version. And I think that basically if they feel ambitious and they give some hints that they might even go there with the Flash from the 90s, they might actually pull that card.
3: Where's Tom Welling? That's what I want to know.
1: Mm. He's <laughs> directing. He's directing a lot. He's and he's well in Lucifer,
3: but, or at least he was. I don't know if he is now because I'm and behind, Michael, Rosenbaum still around,
1: so. Michael Rosenbaum's
0: still floating around. Michael Rosenbaum's still floating around. That's
1: true. But the, yeah, but the interesting thing about that is that I agree that uh, uh, since it's not going to be a mid-season, it's going to be fall. I really think there's going to be end of Arrow. I think uh, Batwoman is being set up as a replacement for mm-hmm. Arrow. Yeah, I think they're going to uh, streamline the continuity of all those shows. Uh, I suspect that we might get a surprise with uh, Black Lightning. Mm-hmm. Basically joining this quietly. They're having yeah, announced Yeah, I was it yet. wondering
3: about how they're gonna pull black lightning in. I think you will gonna be part see of it. it. I think you yeah. will
0: definitely be part
1: of it. And, and it's it's all the, Batwoman, they're not so. gonna tell you they're doing it, but I think they're gonna sneak it as a surprise. Mm-hmm. What I'm wondering is that if they will include this universe in any way, shape or form in this thing.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I doubt seriously, and I'd love to see Black Lightning as a part of what they're doing in that uh, CW thing. But I, I the reason I doubt it is just because of logistics. All those other shows are shot in Vancouver, and Black Lightning is shot in Atlanta. And there's just, there there's I no way that you're getting yeah. around that.
1: Supergirl specifically was filmed in, Ban- in L.A. First uh, season. For one season. Perceived. Yeah, and it was on act- CBS,
2: too. Yes. And, and they, I know what you're talking about. They did that thing with the Flash, but yeah. because Supergirl was on CBS and the Flash was on the CW, and they had a lot more money to do Supergirl when it was on the CW. But Sorry, when fair, it was on CBS. In this season, it was they dead. actually,
1: mm-hmm. for for that specific... Uh, for. Uh, if, for the, pre- oh my God, I forgot the name of the uh, crossover they just uh- did. Elseworlds. Elseworlds. Elseworlds, thank you. Which
3: I actually got to see,
1: yay. They actually <laughs> filmed big chunks of it for no good reason in Chicago. Yeah. So if they can put right. the logistics to do that. That was for, mm-hmm. go- for Gotham City. Yeah, yeah, yeah for, so Gotham. for Gotham. And that's yeah. not cheap to actually no, just move no. all the castles. But, but the, but the yeah. thing that to address Yuli's That looks Gotham.
2: particularly. Well, a, and Vancouver, I mean, you can double Vancouver for a lot of places. But like, But like, go- nah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that was going to necessitate <laughs> yeah. actually doing something else. This is yeah. not Hell Nerd. Let's to, to, go
1: to a place that might
0: look like it. It's the
3: Where the slaughterhouses began, you know. Yeah.
0: To Yuli's point though about where they film I I don't think there's necessarily a problem you can certainly bring Cress Williams to Vancouver yep. to shoot some scenes with the other characters yeah depending on that, what you know, the yeah, he's go production back to the
2: schedule work. is like for yeah. the other show I mean yeah. which I have no idea what in the heck they're doing with any of that you know I would love to see it Since mm-hmm. you know? it's all being
0: done by one company it's probably easy for them to juggle the schedules around a little bit so. yes so there's always that, but you never, well, you never, you never know. But I think that the end result will be that all these things take place in the same world. Yep.
3: Well, so. and I mean, also um, because because I'm also excited about the rest of the Good Place coming out and seeing what's going on there. I also listened to the podcast and they were talking about the episode Janet's and um, talking about another one where they had Adam Scott and Maya Rudolph and they weren't acting against each other because they couldn't get their schedules to match up. So, they had scenes where, you know, Adam Scott was there acting against some a doubling person, like a just stand-in, and then vice versa, and so they could, if it was like a few scenes to pull it together, they could even do something like that if they can't get all the schedules to work. Yeah, that's pretty standard Who knows? now.
1: Yes, they yeah. do that all the time in the industry now, yeah. so that wouldn't be a problem. Um, I mean, thing- I still
3: like it when they can act against
1: each other, but... How about the Disney streaming service? Are you guys looking forward to that? Yeah. Ooh. Actually, yeah. Yeah, I, I
3: haven't. I haven't seen that much about it, to be honest. But what I have seen, I'm interested in.
2: Disney Plus. Yes. Mm-hmm. That certainly is going to be interesting. But. Uh, Something else that's interesting is the fact that WERA is a community (laughs) radio station. We're non-commercial. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, our sponsors, and our listeners for the totality of the operation of the radio station. And we'd very much like for you to consider becoming an underwriter of the content of the station or a sponsor of one or more of the individual programs. You can find out how to make your tax-deductible contribution either a one-time contribution or becoming A sustaining member of our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media, by visiting the website at wera.fm. In the meantime, I'm Ulysses Z. Campbell. You're listening to Fantastic Forum. We're going to step aside just for a moment to acknowledge the contribution of those underwriters I mentioned. We're also going to promote some of the other exceptional shows that are coming up later today here on 96.7 FM. But you're going to want to stick around because we're going to be back with. Emily and Drew and Roberto for more of this scintillating discussion about what's coming up in 2019. I promise we will get to talking about stuff that's going to come up in 2019, so just hang in there with us. And welcome back to the Fantastic Forum here on WERA 96.7 FM, Radio Arlington. We are Arlington. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses Z. Campbell. Joined in studio today by Emily Witten, Drew Bittner, and Roberto Ortiz. And we are talking, well, sort of, we're, we're talking around what's coming up in 2019. But uh, I promise that we are going to get a lot more focused on that during this second half of the show. So, um... uh, Let me just tell you that uh, one of the things that I am especially excited about, and I'm actually ashamed that I'm excited about this, but I'm hyped about that damn Game of Thrones coming back on (laughs) HBO. I mean, I I, I sort of know the way it's got to go, but the way that they jacked us up at the conclusion of the previous season, and they made you wait this extra long period of time... For uh, this final season of it, and, and the fact and that it's a spoilers. truncated season, yeah, and right? not spoilers. Yeah, not really. You know, yeah, are, Well, it, uh, right, but it depends how you look at spoilers, because the one thing that I'm sort of curious about with all of this now is what is George R. R. Martin's incentive? to actually finish the series a novel. He I won.
1: Mean, uh. It's fairly obvious he won. he not keel over and die and give the middle finger to the fans who basically were excited that there would be a final book. There won't be one. Well oh. but
2: I mean it wasn't just a final book. I mean he was working on the I mean the winds of winter, I think it was yeah it's supposed to be like three more, Drew. Yeah. I mean this wasn't
0: just one more book.
2: He started these things in nineteen ninety six. Yep. Yep. He's and, not gonna and,
3: finish.
0: And, and yet, I mean I've the idea online that, you know, he's basically told the story through the TV show. Yes. He's not really interested in going there. but But a lot of his friends, I I, I know a bunch of the people that Mm -hmm. he writes with and Mm -hmm. and knows, Mm -hmm. they said, no, he really wants to finish this, that he's serious about it. I said, well,
1: then do what Stephen King did and
3: do it. Uh, my, my, my well, they like, are I, five million pages long each, so yeah, it takes I mean, a while. They're, they're
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it. he writes slow, as I don't know what, and he's
0: doing all sorts of different things, but yeah. like but the he's, whole time. Oh, I mean, when he's, you when know, he's when on, on his game, too, he doesn't write that slow. He he can he can speed up, but. I think I think part of it is that yeah no there's there's a certain amount of it's not fun anymore. Yeah. There's A certain amount of expectation that's weighing him down too.
3: I think that's probably a lot not of great.
0: it. Great. Yeah, I mean that he wants to make sure this is this is war and peace. This is you know going to be his his lasting statement to you know, time, science fiction. <laughs> his <Pearl> la- <laughs> his manifesto as it were. Yeah. Well, and and so I mean there's there's that too. But I mean I, I think. It sounds from the people that know him as though he does want to finish, but will he or won't he? Who knows? Mm
1: -hmm. You know, Stephen King needed to have a car hit him to realize that he needed to finish the the Dark Tower, and he realized that he's mortal, and that's why he did it. And he has mm. a point about that, that you're mortal if you want to leave a legacy, you better basically finish. He used to be a TV guy, for crying out you know, loud. I, he it, gets the point his of His legacy
2: is this show. Obviously, you know? I is. Mean, the fact, And it's still his story. I mean, you yeah. know, as we were, you know I, I, I was jumping all in terms of the underfoot. I was Cut jumping <laughs> on the fact that, you know, the people who write these things, I mean, regardless of, you know, and of course it's a collaborative effort, all that. But the fact that um, you have this thing that gets done and all these people uh contribute to it uh is is substantial and so well, yeah uh, and
3: like you know i've got at least four other ideas i want to make into things right now but it took some time to get one of them to publication almost you know so i mean that's a problem
0: yep
2: but exactly. It can take a while.
3: <laughs> no, no, <but laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not a problem, so to speak, but I understand how these things can, as you say, take a while.
1: But not mm-hmm. downplaying specifically how long it takes to do this, but there's the reality specifically that mortality basically is coming. And Let's not
3: be too morbid at poor George well, Martin. You know, I mean, it, come on, he could live to be 100, you don't sure. know.
1: It, it is
0: what it is. I mean, and I don't think that that necessarily factors a lot into his thinking, but... Who knows? Who knows? Who um, mm. I, I, for, knows? For what it's worth, I am looking forward to the conclusion of the story. Um, I am looking forward to seeing where these characters end up. I have some expectations. I have some ideas for where it might go, but uh, we'll see.
1: But the thing is, question is: Do we should be asking is, are the expectations the fans? No, that has
0: nothing to do with it. No. 2019.
2: I don't want to go off on a tangent. <laughs> I, like I said, I'm excited about it, but there's uh, there's other stuff I'm excited about right. too. I mean, to a uh, to a lesser mm. degree. Um, I'm excited about this whole Star Wars World thing. I mean, I haven't been to Disney World in... I've I've never been to (laughs) Disney World. I've been to Disneyland, but I've seen... You know the this thing under construction. In fact, yeah. uh, you know Mike Lunsford just went last month. Oh, that's right. And yeah. he was talking about yeah, you can see because like you from the hotel or something. You can see now. yeah. So I, I was yeah. like, damn. I've check this to, out. I've been to I've
3: been to Disneyland and Disney World, but Disney World much more recently. Mm-hmm. And we were there a few weeks ago, and you can see large amounts of the building over the fence now and. Ooh. I know, I mean, they've got a video online. Um, there's yep. like a couple of rides, the, what is it, Millennium Falcon's Smugglers Run, yep. and then the Rise of the Resistance. Yep. And so there's a couple of big rides coming. It's according to my sources, uh, it's like two to three football field size, mm. and mm. it's the biggest like installation or, or addition that they've done Wow. on the Disney properties. Mm. You were so, in
1: Disney recently, right? I was Disney in Disney World. World. Okay. Yeah. Do you go to uh, Animal Kingdom? Yes. Do you go to the world of Pandora?
3: Uh, not at this trip.
1: Mm. Oh, because they it, got
2: a world of Pandora. I went like, on uh, from... other
3: trips. Yeah. Wait, yeah, wait.
2: So you're talking yeah. about from uh, the. Yes. yes, Avatar. Yeah. I, was, I was thinking the James yeah, um, it Cameron, Cameron thing. Yeah, it, yeah, no,
3: it is. And Get it's, it's really, you know what, you know yeah. if you do go, go at night because the lights are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. During the day, it's nice, you know, but go at night if you because are just going to go through. Hey, the reason other reason I'm sort of
2: immersive th- uh, ride things do they have? Yeah, yeah but that, it? that's why I'm headed. Basically, oh, okay. the reason yeah.
1: I mentioned the world of Pandora is because from my sources, uh, what they were doing Disney said, they basically got that IP as a dress rehearsal. For Star Wars, Mm -hmm. specifically in terms Mm -hmm. of how much they could push the immersiveness of a land.
3: Yeah, they're saying a lot about that and making a big deal about that and they're supposed to be building a hotel where you yeah. can book a whole experience where your whole family will be like met and I think given identities of like characters <laughs> in the world. I well, mean, well, I why mean like, not? No, Why, not? For for why North, not? It's why actually, she's right. The yes, actually for Star Wars, I'm sorry, not for Pandora, but for Star yeah, sorry, Wars. Exactly, when, yeah. when they, I don't know if the hotel is 2019 or 2020, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, 2020. it's yeah. coming up as part of the whole Star Wars, mm-hmm. Galaxy's Edge build. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're
0: part of the story for however long you stay. So.
3: Yeah, it's like hmm. you get assigned to. it's kind of like, you know when you had the thing where it would say your name up on the display when you went through the line, because it would, it would sense your like magic band or whatever? It's like way more than that. But Actually, that's, uh, again, maybe a dress rehearsal learning experience to get to those next points. Actually, Emily,
1: one of the things I heard is that Disney is taking from their experiencing, uh, experience running cruise lines,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: they're you bring a lot of the people who basically do Disney cruises and said to them, okay, if we had a cruise in space, how would you do this? And the whole experience basically is based on their experience that is very detailed on how to entertain people in a limited environment Mm-hmm. for two days, and, and a I believe Well, bottle and bottle I, yes. I kind yes. of
3: love that because uh, that's like the flip side of... So, unfortunately, there hasn't been another one yet, and I don't know if there ever will be, but when the fantasy cruise happened, hmm. and I went on that... Oh, yeah. It was, mm-hmm. it was people who designed theme parks... Wow. ...who brought in people who ran hmm. conventions to work with them, and and they had a, a few partners, but they brought in people from the convention scene and they had mostly experience working at theme parks like Disney and Universal, yeah. and were you know had then formed a company, and then they went and did it on a cruise line. Wow! And it was an amalgam of knowledge hmm. that brought that particular. And you know, for a first convention, it was pretty darn good. Wow! And wow. like obviously, it unfortunately you know hasn't happened again. But if it did, I think it would just be you know an improved learning experience kind of thing. Um, and that reminds me, it's like kind of the flip side of what you're talking about. I like it when those worlds. Merge and they look for like how to do that. But
1: you know why they're doing that? Because the theme park industry... Because we all want to escape. Yes, but (laughs) not only that, they realize specifically that they're competing more and more with uh, virtual reality and different experiences. Mm -hmm. And people want to go to these theme parks to experience, they want to really... Uh, be in this world. There's a theme mm-hmm. park that just happened in Utah called Evermore, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's supposed to be a live-action uh, Dungeons & Dragons environment that oh. you go in mm-hmm. and you live like in your Dungeons & Dragons. I, mean, and, I think it's Venture.
3: because, you know, like, kids are kids and they're gonna just going to love it, but I think it also gives adults a, uh, I don't want to say excuse per se, but a reason to play. Like, a permission. They, it gives them yep. permission Good word. to be a little silly and to play and to just enjoy life. And I think we all need that reminder yeah. mm-hmm. now and again. So I think when people go to these kinds of experiences, that's part of what they're looking for. Is just, like, you could do it on your own, but this is, hey, we're taking this vacation, we're putting in this money and time, and now we're going to fully enjoy it. We won't feel bad about that, you know, despite being grown-up humans who have to pay bills or whatever. <laughs> so
0: I, I think there is a certain measure of, you know, I, I just wish I'd had that when I was a kid.
3: Oh, yeah. You know, going
0: into all of this. Mm. Yeah, but you on know. the other
3: hand, how, maybe... How cool maybe can we make it? I, I, the flip side know. of that that I concern myself with sometimes is if it's all done for you, what do you do for yourself? Like, what's our next creative that's a you problem. Know, era mm. going that, to be like? That's
2: a real problem. Yeah, yeah I mean, if, mm-hmm. if...
3: I mean, I, I love a lot of the stuff that I'm seeing, and I will experience it if I, you know, have the time and money to go at the time when it's open, hopefully. Um, But at the same time, you know, I watch more TV now than, you know, I read books, and I grew up reading a lot more books than the TV I watched, even though I did both. And I think books are a richer environment a lot of the time. And in the same way, it's like, maybe you're... Playing out in the backyard is the richest environment to start with, and then you and then you can go and experience this stuff. Obviously people will still do both. Well, but... I mean, I mean my <laughs> nine year old
0: is obsessive about watching videos on YouTube. And mm-hmm. that's her creative expression. That's where she finds creative fulfillment. And I'm a little bit concerned because I don't see where she's able to engage her own creativity in yeah. doing that. She's getting it all done for her, like you mm-hmm. said. Mm-hmm. So That's exactly the,
3: what I'm talking there's about.
0: There's exactly there's this whole like where do you make your mark in all of this? Where do you learn mm-hmm. how to tell your own stories when all these stories are being told to well, you? Well, and, you know,
2: I, I'm reminded of uh, instances where uh, I've had, not, in this case, well, I'll tell you one about, real quick, about my kids and one about some other kids. But, you know, I, I, I was somewhere, I forget, but these kids, uh, some toy, but it wasn't, it wasn't animatronic. And, you know, they were like, well, what does it do? You know, and they didn't want to <laughs> play with it because it didn't do anything and you couldn't move yeah. the switch. The other thing was, uh, when my daughter was very little, and I like to think she's extremely creative, she had gotten into, and I probably shouldn't have let her see this stuff, but uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Uh-huh. And she uh-huh. was reading these, Cal- but then <clears throat> she started doing stuff that Calvin was doing in the strips. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and I mean, literally taking you know the stuff, like the transmogrifier and all, and I was like, you know what? That's it, no more Calvin <laughs> and Hobbes for you. Because I want you to imagine for yourself, I don't want you to regurgitate what you're seeing. Right as part of these strips. Which is funny because well,
1: Bill Watterson, basically when he did *Calvin and Hobbes, was a specifically uh, reaction, specifically on how he felt that childhood was misrepresented. The, the whole point is yeah, specifically... He was an
2: adult making a representation of childhood. He had had a lifetime of experiences to decide what it was he wanted to do. Kids, they're seeing this for the first time and they could be influenced well, by Well, I
3: think there can be a balance where the parents, you know, okay, you have to sit down and, and entertain yourself for a while make your own creative expressions but for example like my nephew he's learning the iMovie stuff where they can do an action sequence like like trailer quote unquote and it has things where you like close up shot this that and you just put stuff in there and he showed me one and I'm like oh that's really cute and that's really clever at the same time I remember in college back when I was on LiveJournal making little avatars that went with my you know little, little screen name or went with the different moods and I sat there and painstakingly found every single picture and put the text that I wanted with it and animated some of them, and I did it on my own without all of that cue this up, and it's like, how much do you want them to be able to spend the time on the detail because otherwise will we get lazy and not want to do it? But uh-huh.
1: so I argue specifically that the next generation of entertainment is since the tools are becoming so much easier to use and so much powerful, I think that what you're saying specifically of the concerns about people using their imaginations and being expressed, I think what you're going to be seeing more and more is a reaction to that where individuals are going to start using, uh, specifically in virtual reality, the tools to basically generate content on their own. And the same way you have uh, YouTube stars. Mm. People who basically become famous for being idiots, basically. <laughs> uh, you're gonna start seeing also people being able to express their ideas uh, or creativity. There's an artist I follow who actually he was part of one of my forums when he was starting out and he's a monster now. His name is Goro Fujita and he used uh, he actually has own work for Tim Burton and a whole bunch of stuff. Mm. and he has become one of the most uh, prolific virtual reality artists. Mm. And he's a traditional illustrator, but he's using virtual reality to tell his stories, to do animation all by himself. And it's, it's, it's taking baby steps where he's basically using those tools that would have taken a whole team to do some content by himself. I, well, mean, I think you're going to start It's a double-edged sword. More.
3: It could go either way, but also people who are... Uh, at, at that point now didn't grow up with what the kids would have from the start of it now. But speaking of twenty nineteen, when we're gonna be seeing <laughs> 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 it so much for a show. Are we talking but, about twenty yeah. nineteen? And, yeah, and, no, and I don't can really we can we that. mention uh, Drew and I were talking about good omens, with Yeah! Uh, yeah uh, go Neil Gaiman so.
1: is in that one, isn't he?
3: It was, is what? Neil,
1: Neil Gaiman is executive producer for that so correct. Right? Yeah,
3: yeah, Neil Gaiman and um, they've got uh, I am pretty sure Rihanna Pratchett was consulting and they've got um Terry's business manager was the other executive producer and um, you know it looks like so much fun yes. so at New York they had a New York Comic Con they had like the immersive speaking of immersive experiences you could go in the in <laughs> into the uh, the quote unquote bookstore and you could go to Heaven or Hell oh. and get a photo <laughs> and stuff like that and, um, and get a little journal that said the nice and accurate prophecies of Agnes Nutter which was <laughs> wow. awesome and uh, I have definitely I've seen clips of it and it's the the chemistry between the two it's David Tennant as Crowley and uh, Michael, Sheen. Sheen Michael Sheen as yeah. as Raphael, Uh is it's just so good and like I really am, I'm loving everything I've seen from it and then they. They made a part for John Hamm, and the clips I've seen of that are really fun. And Gabriel, uh, <laughs> what's that? Gabriel. He's Gabriel. And I, I had a little chat with him oh. and uh, learned that he's been a fan of the book for a long time. So he's really, uh, he and Michael Sheen, and I, I want to say at least like three or four, like Douglas McKinnon, um, a lot of them already had read the book and were like big fans. Um, so that was really cool to like kind of hear about how they already had experienced that. Also, recently Neil posted a uh, link um, to an excerpt from a BBC thing that he did where he read uh, an old poem of Terry's that isn't really easily found publication-wise. It's in like an old anthology. So you can listen to that for I think the rest of the month if you find... I think I posted it on Twitter, uh, the Emily ESSE, but also Neil posted it. I don't remember how far back... But uh, that was in the context of his, some chatting he was doing about creating Good Omens and honoring Terry, which is very important to remember. Terry Pratchett co-created Good Omens yes, with Neil Gaiman. Mm. But
1: here's a question. Would you say that this is the year that Neil Gaiman is actively stepping up of taking control of a lot of the properties he had, like, because he's so, executive producing American Gods.
3: Interestingly, though, yeah. okay. And um, he's
1: basically executive producing also Good Omens.
3: Yes, but in this, in this clip I'm talking about, one thing he literally just said, well, he said it whenever and I just heard it, was like, I'm looking forward to the time when I can no longer be producing things and go back to writing. Wow. So, now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure he's enjoying the whole experience, but he was talking about how... Big a job, Good Omens has been, and then on top of that, he's been you know on set on American Gods, and of course working on all of that.
1: don't never wear, I believe that's the next big thing. I, I haven't uh, heard uh,
2: anything hold up, about Roberto, that. Roberto, you're moment. hijacking this. I <laughs> 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 no,
3: that
1: you got I haven't these heard questions. anything
3: about that, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I'm just super excited about Good Omens, and mm-hmm. I want to see mm-hmm. the scene where the car. Explodes into fire, and you know mm-hmm, what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm like I want to see how they go. did that. I've seen little, hey, you know, hey, tidbits hey, here and there I'll about that. Real
2: quick, you were excited about the Dark, Dark Crystal. Crystal, yeah? Oh so yeah, so you, you I were, we're, we're almost <laughs> out of time. So so if you got that. Like I you <laughs>
1: dying to see, specifically, what the Jim Henson Company is going to do because uh, they're master puppeteers uh, with 21st century technology, um, being left completely alone. I'm really looking forward to see uh, how that prequel is going to look. I'm really looking
2: forward oh, to... Oh, it's see- a prequel? It's a prequel. Mm-hmm. Oh, so
1: it actually takes place in that same... Universe. You- wow. It basically sets up the movie. Basically how the mm. split happened, how the, uh, the, the the sketches basically were formed, how uh, the girlfriends basically there's a whole bunch Aww. of them in the movie, how they get <laughs> start being hunted down. In other words, it sets up, the the universe it's probably gonna start happy and go really really dark, dark
3: yeah because it, dark <laughs> crystal starts out really dark yeah. and i love that movie oh so i'm, oh, I'm very God. excited
1: the, the production and and I believe the they're doing it in england so uh again that's why they've been on the in the deal very quiet and that's something that is very cinematic very eye uh, popping. I'm looking forward to that.
3: Yeah, well, and to round off, as we started out, sort of with the DC stuff and how DC can get a get bad rap and whatever. I'm super looking forward to Shazam yes. with oh, Zach yes. Levi. Yeah. It looks yep. like super fun, and it looks like maybe that's the movie that will finally hit for me equality with the Marvel series of movies. Yeah. So yeah. I'm very excited. Actually, about The guy how from fun Stranger Things is
1: the one who's directing that movie. The direct, the executive oh. producer of Stranger Things. Uh, okay. Duffer
2: brothers? No, no, brothers? No, 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 it's uh, the, the other guy. Sorry, it's the other guy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, huh? you're out of time with <laughs> Listeners that. Listeners will yeah. look it uh, up. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. All right. If, uh, one thing that we haven't mentioned, maybe uh, Drew. Uh, Star Trek Discovery? Oh, nah, yeah. well, I I I haven't seen any of that. That's oh like my god, you're,
1: you're the ultimate Star Trek. You know, they We're listening to, p- to Captain Kirk at the beginning they, of the they, show. They uh. want
2: they want me to pay for this. <laughs> 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 yeah, but I am sort of excited Captain about Pike! Star Trek. Uh, that ain't Captain Pike, but oh! Oh, the Star Wars episode been pretty nine fun.
3: more than I expected. So
2: I'm gonna have to find a way to listen to it for free. You yeah, know, Star Wars Episode Nine is supposed to come out mm-hmm. at the end of this year. Yes, um, I haven't been crazy excited about all of those but the fact that now okay this is this this should be basically the end of that story mm-hmm. and uh, you know so let's see what happens and there's let's Carrie Fisher happens.
3: Carrie Fisher
2: yeah that's bittersweet and you know I, know I mean but they yeah. found a way to have her in it yeah. and I'm um, just in you know I mean Abrams has people. some very interesting things <laughs> he has some interesting <laughs> ideas he likes this and uh, you know he's been like I said the 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 first one he did was universally pretty well received I didn't hate the second one uh, but you know that took it on the chin so we just gotta see what happens I mean that, so. my
3: favorite parts have been the puppets the animals you know we've got BB-8 and porgs and crystal foxes and all that so I'm just looking forward to seeing what the next marketable cute animal thing slash you know droid is gonna be Indeed. and then I'll buy it and yeah. I won't be too better
1: yeah you know what I love well, about that movie that, how they're lying thanks so you. much for tuning
2: in <laughs> because Fantastic <laughs> Forum is also a TV show if you're in the Arlington area you can check it out uh, tonight, Saturday, at 8 p.m. on Arlington Independent Media, Comcast Channel 69, Verizon Files Channel 38. Also, uh, check out our website, fantasticforum.tv. We've got the various TV and radio episodes and segments broken out for your convenience. Thank you so much to Emily Witten, Drew Bittner, and Roberto Ortiz. Thank you for tuning in. This show rears Wednesdays at 3 p.m., But uh, in the meantime, I hope that you have a wonderful start to this year. And tune in again next week. Same bat time, same bat station.